Hey everybody, welcome to Sunday Night Live. So tonight I'm taking a break from the book of Micah. We are live. Uh, we'll have enough time for your questions here in just a minute. A couple of uh, updates for you, uh, just things to know about. One of them is I uh, had Bill Salas on the app only when we were down from YouTube. And, uh, and then I posted his video up for a couple of days and some people got really confused because I said this is on the app only. So anyways, it's still on the app. Caused too many, too many uh, pieces of confusion. Uh, it's not on YouTube. Just wanted to give you a heads up about that. And then uh, if you want to go to Israel with me, I'm going in May. As of this morning, there were still a few spaces that were left. You can check that out. Information is on both the app and on the website. And then uh, just a couple of other quick things I want to bring to your attention is, um, well, I tell you what, I'll just bring on my guest. Uh, let me bring Pete Garcia on. So let's do that first, and then and then we'll take off from here. And uh, great having you all join us. Pete, welcome. Thanks. Good to be back. That's good to see you. I know you're not at home, and you're out at the moment. And uh, you're, you're pretty busy tonight. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to take up too much of your time and stuff. You got a lot of things going on. So uh, you doing all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing good. Okay, cool. So I think of this in the book of Isaiah. Let me start here in Isaiah chapter 46. Uh, God says, remember this and show yourselves, men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Say, my counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Uh, Pete, that's one of my favorite passages in the Bible when you think about uh, Bible prophecy. God says, I'm going to do everything that I said I was going to do. Uh, in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, God says uh, through the angel to Daniel, uh, 70 weeks are determined for your people to put an end to transgression, an end to sin. It just goes right on down the list uh, to anoint the most holy so God is going to fulfill everything and fulfill all prophecy, too. It even says in that passage in Daniel chapter 9, man, I look at the days that we are living in and things just keep happening faster and faster. And I know you got a few things to say, and uh, so we're going to get into it. Yeah, the, the article, The Tyranny of the Present, basically I just kind of was trying to put ourselves in a scenario where we could think back uh, you know, a couple of decades, three decades, and, and um, kind of just, you know, if we could go back in time and, and listen in on a conversation that we might have had with a friend over lunch and basically look at the signs of the times in, in that year, and I chose 1993 for no particular reason, but, uh, you know, we would have looked at things like the fact that Israel had been in as a nation for 44 years. We would have probably considered the fact that, uh, the 40 year generation theory didn't work out, you know, in 1988, it kind of come and gone. Um, we would have looked at the fact that 1993 was seven years from the year 2000 and, and that the Soviet union fell apart and that the, uh, Maastricht treaty in 1993 was uh, formalized, you know, basically creating a, or formalizing a, a European union. And, um, you know, just, just things of that day and age. And, uh, I think we would have, probably had a lot more questions than answers um, based on the, the signs of the times there in the early 90s. So 
I think one thing most people, and, and I, and I got to be an honest broker here. I mean, I wasn't into prophecy in 1993. I had just graduated high school and was starting college and I was interested in other things at the time. But, uh, I, I think that for those that, that can remember back then will probably be, yeah, I remember that. I remember thinking that, and, and I've had a lot of people tell me this, that there was, uh, more questions and answers back then. And I think, you know, if we fast forward till today, the one thing you would have thought in 1993 was you would have never, I don't say never, but you know, most people would never uh, think that they would be here in 2023, you know, 30 years into the future. Um, and here we are. And it's, it's the things are, are ramping up so fast. I, then I put that same um, standard and I say, okay, well, can we look from today and look forward 30 years into the future and can we p- apply that same standard to today? And I don't think we can. Um, I, I found it interesting looking back at 1993 when I read your article. Thought I remember I was already teaching Bible prophecy back then, and um, I remember thinking, okay, seven years is the year 2000. Uh, fortunately, I never bought into the Y2K. Uh, you know that that whole scenario, uh, but there were so many projections of, okay, yeah. there'll be 2,000 years, uh, every, you know, you, you start counting, you start counting a thousand, days is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day, and you look, okay, where does that come from, does it come from, uh, or does it actually apply, you know, sometimes um, we, I mean, I can look back over, what's 30 years ago, and think, okay, my prophecy understanding has grown immensely in the last 30 years, and, uh, and it, it's amazing to think um, where we are right now. You brought up a couple of things in your article. One of them uh, regarding technology, which I've been saying for quite some time, the same thing, just uh, that when you look at where technology is and how fast things are uh, moving forward, the technology of today is gonna, out, is gonna outpace the book of Revelation in a very short time, which is one of the reasons why I think, well, I'm, I'm believing that we're going to be going home soon. However, <laughs> I know I've thought that for various reasons in the past, so I still, uh, I, I hope it's today, but I do plan for the long haul just, just in case. And, you know, there, there are a few other things in there also that you had mentioned. You mentioned the book of Daniel, and I really appreciated what you quoted, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of then, and many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase and you focused on the knowledge of prophecy. And I think that's really where that is, because where Daniel is in there asking that question, Daniel 12, it's he's trying to figure out the last days, help me to understand this, and the whole context is um, looking at it and understanding that the Bible prophecy knowledge is increasing. Um, I think there's a clearer understanding in some things now than we had in the years past. Um, uh, looking at technology, we can see how technology is so advanced right now to implement the mark of the beast is such a simple thing. Yeah, I mean, if you let's just say we went back to the year 1950. I mean, I wouldn't even go back any further than that. Uh, if you look at, uh, you know, what did the pastor, the preacher, um, the prophecy watcher in 1950 think of the mark of the beast based off the technology and the information available to him at that day, um, you know, largely it would have appeared as just maybe a tattoo. 
you know, then you go to the 1960s and 1970s and so on and so forth. And you finally get to the 1980s and 90s where uh, microchips are coming out. Uh, you have um, the RFID tag, you have the UPC, the barcode. And things were starting to kind of click slowly like, okay, maybe it's this barcode thing. Maybe it has something to do with marking the bars and, um, you know, maybe it's an RFID tag that goes under the skin. And then, you know, you get into the 2000s and, and now things like uh, cryptocurrency is coming out, Bitcoin, and then quantum dot uh, technology in the, in the, the last decade or so. Um, so now things are starting to come into focus um, whereas in, in decades past, it was largely, you know, it's kind of, I liken it to an example of, you know, driving from LA to Las Vegas on I-15. And when you take off out of LA, you know, it's just desert, you know, you, you hit a, a small city like Barstow or something, but after Barstow, it's just nothing. It's darkness. You're at night. And eventually you'll start seeing a sign, you know, Vegas, so many miles, uh, then you might see little uh, a town like um, was it Baker or oh you see Baker you see Prim Nevada when you get to the yeah. uh, right there at the border yeah but then but then eventually you start to see on the horizon the lights right you start to see a, a dim glow on the horizon and you can tell that that's Vegas way off in the distance and the closer you get the more signs you start to see the more signs of civilization the more traffic the more billboards. And eventually you're going to get into the city limits and you're going to start to make out buildings and whatnot. And I think we're, we're well within the city limits at this point in terms of not just the mark of the beast, but every facet of technology. I mean, right now we're even seeing the geopolitical side, you know, being established in a way that was unfathomable, you know, even 20 years ago. Uh, we, we, we totally are. Uh, just watching everything develop is really remarkable to me. When I, you know, you're talking about RFID chips, and then I, I remember, uh, you know, Hal Lindsey's late great planet Earth, although there's some holes in it, it got me thinking uh, from way back in the late 70s, because that's when I graduated from high school. And it really did have me thinking, even though I still didn't get saved for a few more years. But uh, the... Uh, the debit card was considered the mark of the beast by some people. Your social security number was considered the mark of the beast by some people. But now when we look at it, you mentioned the geopolitical dynamics. Um, we can look at the last few years and now uh, people that were part of the resistance and people who were part of the compliance. And we have two different groups of people. And you realize Satan has to do everything that he can to win his battle against Jesus. He's not going to win. We know it. We know how this goes. But he's going to pull out all the stops. Hence, we have the anti-Semitism against the Jews. We have um, uh, the, we're going to have this battle at Armageddon. These different things are going to develop because he's got one shot. And although he's going to lose, he's got one shot. So when you see everything developing, I do believe it's going to continue to develop more. We're going to have more tests more things are going to happen, whether it be, uh, you know, I, I can't say too much about certain pandemic kind of things, but uh, climate laws, just whatever. We have this gas stove issue. You know, I'm sure you saw that. And that was popping up everywhere over the last week. We've been hearing about things like that in California for quite some time. But it finally hit the national news and people freaked out. So it's like this test was put out to see what the reaction of the people is going to be. But in the process, Pete, I believe that... The, you know, 
when I think of your article, Tyranny of the Present, we are, uh, the, everything is being developed into this present age and the, who the resistors are, what's going to happen, how do we eliminate the people that, that are not going to be part of this. Satan has to get every single company, every single person, every single bit of technology, every single thing he possibly can on his team. Um, the system of the beast with the Ten Kings needs to be here, Antichrist. So you'll start looking at these things, and um, I believe it can't be much longer at the same time. I don't know, because uh, Satan is going to do whatever he can to, to, to win this, although we know he's going to lose, and that's going to be awesome. And I can't wait till that happens. Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting is to see how Satan is uh, currently uh, attacking, not attacking, but he's uh, making movement in four these four buckets. And, I, and those buckets had just so happened to coincide with the four horsemen and those, those topics. So you have the bucket of the white horse or the category of the white horse, which speaks of political conquest. We see that through the rise of these non-nation uh, um, entities like the World Economic Forum and and others that are making that are basically influencing national governments to, to hand over their sovereignty to these big grand uh, agendas like the Great Reset and uh, Agenda 2030. And this is all tied in with political conquest. The Red Horse obviously would be the, taking peace from the earth, and there's something like 30 active conflicts right now that that, uh, you know, the defense uh, uh, businesses are, are helping finance and, and perpetuate because it's a huge money-making profit, uh, you know, profit oh, yeah. uh, uh, mechanism for them. Um, you know, instability and chaos also bring in opportunity for um, realigning nations and bringing them under control under some larger regional government um, because, they, you know, as individual nations, they obviously, and I'm, putting air quotes up, you know, they obviously can't handle themselves. So now they have to have a babysitter. And then you have the, uh, the black horse of, of economic uh, calamity and ruin. Uh, we see that with our own economy right now. So we're the biggest orange cone in the road right now, kind of stopping this one world currency. So the, the intent is to uh, balloon our national debt past the point to where it's irrecoverable. And um, it, it's already past that right now. I mean, at 31 trillion, um, there's just no way we can ever bring that back to to normal. I don't care how they if they try to balance the budget, it's still not going to work. Um, so the, really, the only recourse we're going to have is to go to some central bank digital currency, which is in a in a sense it's just a surveillance technology, so they can monitor everything we we buy or sell. And then the last, obviously, is the uh, the pale horse with the medical things going on in the world and, and, uh, and how they're exploiting those to um, control not just what goes on outside our body, but what goes on inside of our yeah. body. Use that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go any further down that path right now. So unfortunately, on Wednesday I can. I can't today. Um, so, but looking at all of these things, Pete, so here in California are uh, natural gas has just shot through the roof over the last few days. Uh, I mean, the bill, and we knew it was coming because we got a note from the gas company. Basically, our gas costs doubled. Now, we don't have gas issues out here in California. Uh, kind of, the note I read kind of sounded like um, 
because there's problems in the other parts of the world, you're going to have to pay more for your gas right now. And we do. So I'm looking at it and thinking, okay, we have gas going up, electricity going up, uh, the food going up, virtually everything. We see this, this inflation, thinking of the black horse, and you mentioned 87% of nations and the struggles that they're having. You, you start looking at it from just the regular person living in the Western world. Let's take America, because we're both from America. And you're living in the world, you're trying to pay your bills. Most people go paycheck to paycheck. Maybe a little bit of money in the bank. I've read the stats, it's an alarmingly high percentage of people who have almost nothing in the bank. So bills go up, they can't pay anything. I also read the other day how many people now in America are starting to use credit cards to buy groceries. This is a really bad sign. Um, I'm not talking about people who use credit cards to get points and they pay off their credit card when they get home from the store. I mean people who can't afford groceries, so that's what they're doing. So I think of the World Economic Forum, they meet tomorrow all the way through um, till next week. Uh, I guess it's almost tomorrow there already where they're meeting in Davos, Switzerland. And I, I think of the words of Klaus Schwab, by 2030 you'll own nothing and be happy. When I see everything going this direction, you talked about the trillions, over $31 trillion, it's irrevocable. Can't be, uh, you know, this isn't going to come back. It looks so intentional now because the foreclosures, people not being able to pay their rent. Um, I mean, what's going to happen? Airlines are in trouble. Trucking industry is in trouble. Um, diesel price. I mean, you just start looking at everything and it's, putting everybody in a position to lose everything, and you, you end up getting, uh, through just collapse, uh, government takes over everything. And guess what? You don't own your house anymore. You don't own your car anymore. You don't own these things. Well, guess who does own them? Big Brother's <laughs> going to own them. And mm -hmm. so everything is rapidly going this direction. I am convinced none of this is a coincidence. It's, it's, no. um, it's going... There's a plan behind it. They've said what their plan is. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't even mention the word great reset without being labeled a conspiracy nut, nut job just a couple of years ago. Uh, and so many of these other things. You couldn't mention New World Order, couldn't mention globalists. Listen, they're all over out there. They're, they make no bones about it anymore. They talk about exactly what they're going to do. So when I look at your four horsemen, that you listed here, I mean, it's just in, in everything, seen it all come together, it is rapidly coming. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, even more troubling than that is, if you look at where they wanna take technology by 2030, you're talking about uh, putting the first SpaceX Mars mission together, putting the first probably temporary lunar uh, uh, base up on the moon, um, you're, so we're, we're looking at moving people off planet. So let's just take that one aspect and go back to revelation. And if you go to revelation three ten, you know, it says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from the hour trial, which will come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. <laughs> so if you're not on the earth, does revelation yeah. no longer apply to you? If we had, you know, let's say we had 200 people that lived on Mars by 2030 or whatever. I mean, uh, you know, in, in Genesis 11, you know, God stops the Tower of Babel and he makes a comment, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, you know, that, you know, essentially because man's united in purpose, they, they can achieve whatever they, they want to achieve. 
And so if man puts his mind to it, mankind will be able to set up something on Mars or the, or the moon or something. And that's going to exceed the boundaries that, that Revelation, the technological boundaries that Revelation lists out for us. So I, 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 it is all just so fascinating. I'm going, to throw, I'm going to take this a whole different direction for a minute. So we've been watching what's been going on over in Israel with Ben Gavir. They've got protests over the elections going on now. Um, ben Gavir walks on the Temple Mount and so forth. And there's this heightened alert uh, awareness of a coming temple. And I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying, hey, a temple's coming next week or something like that, like some people are out there saying. But we can see this, this, they're bringing an awareness to it. Okay, this happened last week. I, I, I don't know if you heard about this, Pete. All Muslim city council, this is in Michigan, approves animal sacrifices at home. Uh, did you see that? I didn't. Okay, so it's an approval here in, in the United States, approving animal sacrifices. I, I look at this and think, man, this is just a setup for what's coming. It's like paving the way for the Jews to be able to legally have their sacrifices because we know from Daniel chapter 9 there will be an end that Antichrist will put to the animal sacrifices. So you look at just small things like this and all these little details that seem to be coming together and it is just really remarkable to watch this. Uh, all, the, all of these different things developing right now. Then you know, thinking of the World Economic Forum and meeting um, right now, they've got their plans. The Great Reset will give people an electronic ID that will be connected to their bank account, health records, social credit score, and more. And the reason, this is just their own, their own thoughts, uh, the reason for giving people an ID number that is connected to their bank account, health records, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is to track and control them. And we know that. They want to know where everybody is at all times. So these things are just common news that's out there. And we've been saying this, you know, you mentioned back in 1993. I remember by 1993, I started saying these things, albeit I was going on the wrong path on some of them. But the general principle was there. Hey, the day's coming when we're going to be tracked. The day's coming when we're going to be controlled. Uh, the day is coming when, when all of these things are going to start to develop, and we certainly see them happening. Uh, we see the, the leaders that are appointed. They're not even elected anymore. Uh, we can make the case for it probably here in the United States for the most part, too. But you start seeing this. We know that with, with what's-his-name, Klaus Schwab, he has his college with all of these leaders. you got all these people meeting right now. Christopher Ray is there at the meeting, the head of the FBI in Davos, and it gets rather suspicious because they're telling us all these different things that they want to do. And uh, again, I just go back to just the title of your article, The Tyranny of the Present, and looking at where we are, it's just like, man, this is just a, a trip, you know? It's just really amazing to watch this. Yeah, I think I think with regards to the uh, with the Jews in Israel, what the the feeling I get probably since uh, 2020, since the Abraham Accords, maybe maybe earlier since uh, you know once uh, number 45 moved the the uh, embassy to Jerusalem, um, is this heightened sense of uh, of a messianic age that they think that they're about to enter or that they've entered, and I think that's 
that's becoming more and more pervasive uh, amongst the, the population there, that there is an expectation that something big is about to happen. And they may not know exactly what that is, but, but obviously th- that nobody thinks that uh, uh, life is, is back to normal by any stretch, you know, especially in the last couple of years. So uh, that's the one thing. And I, and I think that um, when these things begin to happen, especially with the Temple Mount movement, they're going to ha- start to happen very rapidly. And, and if we're still here, you know, it's going to be hard to keep up with. It's even hard now to keep up with everything that's going on. But uh, I think it's only going to intensify and quicken as we get closer. I'm thinking things are going to really pick up here just in the next week alone. I'm very curious to find out what's going to come out of Davos, too. It'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be quite interesting. When you look at the Temple Mount area, uh, do you believe that the temple is going to be placed where the Gold Dome is? Yeah, I mean, my theory is that, that the Temple Mount, or the, that the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock get destroyed during Gog and Magog because there's an earthquake associated with that in Jerusalem. I believe that, that those two buildings will be leveled to the ground. And that will be basically the um, divine uh, impetus that they, they, they believe that they have the right then at that point to go ahead and build. Um, so, But I think the church will be gone before this, before Gog Magog. So I, I think it's all happening in a relatively soon time frame. And, and like I said, the reason I wrote that article, because I was thinking of the word soon, and I was trying to think back, you know, several decades, and what would I have thought back in 1993? So I'm researching everything that was going on then, and reading, you know, things that were going on then, and trying to see if I could forecast that into the future 30 years. And I, and I, I couldn't, I mean, if I have a list of the technology that they're going to get us to by 2030, and then by 2040, far exceeds anything that revelation uh, talks about you know so i i have a difficult time i mean right now in the, in the 1990s you had more questions than answers when it came to prophecy and i think right now the the scales are are, are balanced or even slightly weighing toward answers rather than questions so i think the picture is becoming increasingly clear uh, the, the closer we draw that day you know, we can, we, I would say it's becoming more and more clear at the same time. There's more and more questions, too. Um, I've had to adjust a few of my prophecy charts over the past uh, few years. Uh, what was funny is, is I was in Israel you know, just recently, and we're at the Pool of Siloam. And uh, the Pilgrim Road was discovered several years ago, and so they've excavated that. And the Pilgrim Road goes from the Pool of Siloam up to the Temple Mount area by the Western Wall, the Southern Steps, that whole area. Now, now, and in and, and the news has just come out over the past few weeks, uh, they now are going to be able to excavate the rest of the the Pool of Siloam. I mean, the, it's just phenomenal. Okay, so I'm there at the Pool of Siloam looking. I did a little bit of filming there not too long ago with Ayers Sassone, and then I was over at the at the Israeli Museum. There's also the t- the uh, the city, uh, the model city is there. You can look at it, and it's a model city from 2,000 years ago. Looking at it, and I was pointing out to, I think it was David Talon, I said, look, the, the Pilgrim Road is not in the location that it actually is. So when they built the model city, they built it, okay, they knew there was a Pilgrim Road, a road that took the people from the Pool of Siloam up to the Temple Mount, but now that they've discovered it, it's not exactly where it is in that model city that was done so many years ago. 
And prophecy is like that. It's like what's happening is we knew that certain things had to be, but it's a few adjustments are being made along the way because they are becoming more and more clear. And I just look at things and think of how much more clear they are going to uh, become. Uh, are you familiar with Bill Koenig? Yes. So Bill, yeah, Bill's such a great guy. And in his, uh, in his Koenig's view, um, Emily Jordan uh, uh, apparently made a couple of um, points in a, at a uh, speaking uh, message that she did. And uh, she wrote an article, excuse me. And uh, had a couple of different quotes. One of them, as Damon Duck noted, if the globalists have their way, God will be removed entirely from everyday life. The people of the planet will live under forced control by elite humans who think they are God. Our great nation will be usurped by a global tyrannical power, hence tyranny of the present. Uh, political freedom will be obsolete and Americans will no longer enjoy religious freedom under the God of the Bible, who allows all people to have free will and to worship him only if they so choose. And a second quote, it is the globalists who seek to conquer humankind and are themselves enemies of the United States. It is they who seek to destroy, they who are exclusionary fascists and sexists, and they who are committed to entire, entirely to anything and everything that makes a mockery of God and the world he has created as outlined in the Bible. That's so spot on, Pete. You know, when I read that earlier, I couldn't help but think of Psalm 2, when you have this conspiracy against God and against, he, against his anointed, or when you have the princes and the, the politicians and the leaders of the world gather together and uh, say, let's remove his restraints from us. Let's get God away from everything. I guarantee you, in Davos, over the next week, the name of God will not be mentioned one time, unless... God does it himself and strikes the place with lightning or something. But um, it is about removing God, and Satan knows he has to remove the thought of God, the concept of God, to establish his kingdom, his utopian world that will not last. Yeah, and if you think about Matthew 16 and, and what Jesus said there, that the, that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church that he's building, and then you think also about uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, um, those are two statements from God that states that the gospel, or even more, you know, Matthew 24, uh, 14, I believe, that the gospel is going to go out into the entire world. So, you know, in times past, you know, we had certain nations and kingdoms like, say, North Korea or, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia or someplace like that, that outlawed Christianity. But Christianity would then flourish somewhere else and it would flourish underground, uh, you know. It, there was no way to uh, really stop it. But now we live in a day and age where there is technology that will be able to really shut down even underground churches. Um, we saw that a little bit a couple of years ago with meetings in, in Canada where, you know, police can use infrared uh, cameras and, and radar to, to see if there's more, more than three people in a house or more than five people or whatever. And they can go in and just, you know, rate it and say, Hey, you know, you're violating this policy of, of meeting, blah, blah, blah. Or it could be more in the ideological uh, realms of that, that it's hate speech or something. So we're at that point now where the technology threatens those two um, prophetic statements by Christ. So who's going to win? You know, I, my money's on Christ. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, so something, something will give before then. That's the great tension that we're in now. We're, 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 we're starting to see. But ultimately, we know either 
either their plans, like you said, in Psalm 2 are going to be delayed or sidetracked or a monkey wrench will be thrown in there and things will just kind of get delayed a few years or, you know, however long, or it'll come to pass and then the church will be removed. So that's, that's kind of the great tension right there. Yeah, and ultimately the Lord just crushes and destroys this kingdom that's coming. It's interesting you pointed out, you know, we know the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So even during the tribulation period, Gentiles are going to get saved and Jews. There'll be people saved out of every tribe, nation, tongue, and people. The gospel will always go forward. People will always get saved. Uh, although it will be crushing. We think of Daniel chapter 7. It is going to be an absolutely crushing, uh, this, this, this attempt at this global uh, community that we are, we're, I, I think we are, we are living through. It's like we're in the birth canal of the system of the beast is what's happening. And when, when you look at the book of Revelation, what happens? Uh, Antichrist is given power over the saints to kill them. The Bible tells us that. So when you look at it, you think, man, what's coming? I, I'm thinking, man, you, uh, you really want to be raptured. You don't want to be hanging around for all of these events that are coming. And, and here's some other news that's, that's really good in all of this. We know that ultimately the kingdom that's coming of Antichrist it only lasts a total of seven years. It's like the shortest lived kingdom in the history of the world. And uh, Satan does lose. Uh, Jesus wins and Jesus is coming back. And uh, that, that is just a, a fantastic, fantastic news. So we, we hang on to that and we praise the Lord and we thank him because we know how this whole thing is going to end and we don't have to lose heart. And because there's so many discouraging things that are taking place out there. I mean, I could sit here, Pete, and read article after article after article, just news from today and news from tomorrow. And if that's all you do, you get depressed. But if you got the word, man, we can be encouraged, we can be lifted up because we know which way this is going. And we also have, uh, we occupy until he comes. We're about our father's business and we recognize, man, people need, people need Jesus. Let me make sure that I am doing what I'm supposed to do. Absolutely. And I think that uh, right now uh, is not a time to sit on the bench or ride the fence. It is, it is time to get the gospel out, to share the gospel. I'm, I'm, I'm here on a temporary job, and, and I got placed with a guy that's a Mormon, and uh, he's asking questions about the rapture, and he's really curious about how we view prophecy you know, compared to uh, LDS theology and and I'm able to, to share the gospel with him at this point. I mean, that was just a, a, an open door for me to go to walk in and be able to share it with him and compare how we view salvation, which is ultimately the most important decision that he's ever going to make, whether he can get Christ right and, uh, and follow the right Christ. Um, and, and, and so I use this, I use whatever I can as an opportunity to share the gospel. So it, it's, uh, it's time for us to get busy, to be bold, you know, and in first, uh, Second Corinthians ten, it uh, what is it, ten four, says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds." And I think that that God, the Holy Spirit, will give us the boldness if we ask Him to, to get out there and and you know, knowing the time, knowing how late the day is and how little time we have left before all of this comes crashing down anyways, should embolden us to go out there and share the gospel like never before. Amen. We're running towards the finish line, 
and we want to run as if we're going to win the race and win the, win the prize, win the gold medal, and do all that we can for Christ. Uh, indeed, you know, we look at Bible prophecy, but the most important message, as you mentioned, is that Jesus came the first time. Because you could know all things there are about Bible prophecy, but if you don't know the Lord, you're, you're in a world of hurt because your judgment is going to be the lake of fire. And, and it's, it's understanding that we, we, ha- we have an opportunity. And like you're, this guy you're working with, this Mormon, hey, people are open to things right now. Uh, they're looking, yeah. going, man, something is really a mess. Hey, Pete, we only have you for a few more minutes, so I want to get a few questions in. Do you got time for a few questions? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, everybody. Start sending in your questions. And um, uh, while you do that, let's see, I got something else on here. Um, So this is me. I'm just setting this up just for a minute while questions come in. So Biden, there's, there's, there's uh, documents everywhere. Uh, these, you know, the um, uh, top these these documents that nobody's supposed to have. What do you what do you call them? Uh, these uh, classified. Classified. Thank you. I couldn't even think of the word classified. So they're they're showing up everywhere. They're in the garage with the Corvette. They're in different places in the house. Hunter Biden's renting the house for fifty thousand dollars a month. All these different things going on. I, I I'm very suspicious about all of this. To me, because it's his aides, it's Biden's aides that found him. You know, to me, I look at this, I'm thinking uh, they want to, re- they've come to a place where it's time for them to replace Biden. That's my own thinking. We'll see what happens. And uh, not taking that to the bank and saying this is the way it's going to be. But I'm just, so, I'm suspicious of everything now. That's really what it is. I look at everything and I don't trust, I don't trust nothing anymore except Jesus. Nothing. Yeah, I think they're trying to set the the precedence that he can't run again, you know, because I know he's already announced that he's going to run for re-election. I, I think they're trying to to squash that, to crush his crush his dreams and and kind of hold this over. And they're going to use it probably as some form of blackmail on him, saying, "Hey, if you if you continue with this, like you're going to run again for re-election, we're gonna we're going to release all this, and it's going to get really ugly. You're going to step down. You're going to have some kind of medical problem, and you're going to decide to step down." And we're going to let some fresh blood come in. Uh, it's yeah. I think they've they've gotten everything out of him that they need. They pretty much have transformed everything and destroyed just about everything. And there's there's about twenty five hundred other twenty five hundred other leaders are they're trained out there somewhere that can that they can uh, install in different places. This question comes from Christian Pilgrim. Thoughts on the timing of Ezekiel chapter thirty eight? Um, what do you think? Well, I, the the big thing for me is that I think that the rapture, when the rapture happens, it creates the requisite crisis for um, Russia to go ahead and take advantage of the global crisis and, and, and align themselves with Iran and Turkey and whoever else, all the stands, and, and go ahead and make their move on the Middle East, which would include um, uh, Israel and their natural gas pipelines that they're trying to uh, build and, and route through through Crete to uh, Greece and then up into Europe. So uh, that's my that's my thoughts. I think the rapture ha- is the cause um, is the is the right crisis for them to take advantage. Now I don't know if it's Putin or if it's um, Medvedev. Um, you know, Putin is in ailing health. So, but but the or Medvedev 
is uh, just as dangerous as, as uh, Vladimir is. So um, either one of you guys would be willing to, to make this move. Yeah. And the thing of it also is we're, we really get ourselves into a dangerous position when we start predicting people, this person's going to be it. Then all of a sudden that person dies. And then, well, now i got to come up with somebody else. And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a bad place to be, but we can tell how all of the geopolitical alignments are taking place. I do have a question on here about Russia and Ukraine for you, they are asking. Get to that in a second. But also, Peter, when I look at it, I also believe it's after the rapture. Um, and the time that's interesting about Ezekiel 38, it's when Israel is dwelling in peace and safety. Um, uh, that term for peace in the Hebrew is tranquility. They're not there. They're on the edge all the time right now, but something big has to happen in order for Israel to feel like, okay, we can let our guard down now. So it's, it's interesting. After the rapture takes place, man, I, just certain dynamics are going to change. They're going to be really incredible. Um, I, this question comes from TKs. It's for Pete. Question for Pete, what does your military mind think about the way Russia is behaving right now? Uh, self-destructing is what they're, are they're asking. Do you think they are self-destructing? I mean, there's other people out there saying, no, it's, it, they're not self-destructing. So what's, what's your thoughts? Well, I think, I think Russia is, is you, know, it, you know, this has been a long pro provocation coming. I mean, uh, Ukraine's been pro provoking Russia since, you know, before Crimea. And Crimea was a response to the Ukrainian provocation, um, basically the harassment of those in the in the Donetsk region that are Russian speaking and consider themselves Russians, ethnic Russians, and, and, and you know even politically Russian. Um, so this this has been a, a Crimea was a response in 2014, and obviously to the U.S. backed uh, coups that kind of flipped the the pro-Russian leaders uh, with Western-backed leaders. Um, so I think uh, Putin was kind of forced to do something back last year, and I think he was moving cautiously. And I, I've never been one to think that, that Putin was just going to roll over all of Eastern Europe and, and put the Iron Curtain back up. Like, I never thought that he would do that. I thought he was going to take just enough of Ukraine. Um, but Ukraine is religiously significant to him. Um, it's the birthplace of the Eastern Orthodox religion. So for them, that's like their Vatican. His goal wasn't necessarily to, to stomp, you know, completely flatten everything there because there was a lot of history. But because Ukraine keeps provoking him and because the West keeps supplying Ukraine with weapons and, and, and people and, and uh, you know, they're doing things uh, like the bridge explosion and the pipelines. Um, now I think Putin is going to have his back to the wall and he's going to have to do some serious I think 23 will be the year where he seriously or he starts to get very serious with his military responses to to the point where, you know, I don't want to say it, but I mean, it, it could go beyond anything he's done thus far. So and he may end up just saying, you know what, forget it. I'm going to just go ahead and take over all Ukraine. Yep. He's got Belarus right there. That's, that's basically their proxy. So, um, you know, he can do it. Um, and, and whether the, U the U.S. and NATO is going to um, do anything to stop it is another question. I think they like this. They're perpetuating this on purpose. But I think ultimately what this is going to do is it's going to dismantle NATO. 
Uh, it's going to, it's because if NATO doesn't respond to this, then what's the point of NATO? In fact, what was the point of NATO beyond 1991 when the Soviet Union collapsed? I mean, NATO existed to stop the Soviet Union. And now that the Soviet Union didn't exist anymore and the Iron Curtain fell apart and all of the former satellite nations of, of uh, U- the USSR are, you know, back to their own independent nations. Why did NATO continue on as an entity? So I think ultimately what we'll see is Russia, Russia will get serious this coming year and they will basically take over Ukraine or at least have more than what they're doing now. And then I think what will happen is NATO is going to have the serious look in the mirror as to what, what they exist for. And they probably will be converted over some European army that's devoid of any kind of U.S. attachment. Uh, 2023, I think we're going to see a lot more things that are going to help us to understand a lot more. So it's, it's just interesting. Watch, it's horrible. People are dying, you know, and people are pawns. Yes. Of these of these people who are doing this stuff. It's absolutely horrible. Can't wait till Jesus comes back. This question, pretty quick answer for you, Pete. Uh, N. Smith says, how do you reconcile the rapture with Hebrews 9.27? Hebrews 9.27, everyone's passage says, it's appointed to man once to die and after that face judgment. So their question is, well, how can that happen if there's a rapture? You teach there's a rapture. That makes God's word not true. So uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, there's other people that never died. I mean, we had Enoch, yeah. we had Elijah. Um, we have people that have died twice. I've, Look yeah. at Latin. We have people Resur- that have died twice, yep. So I think that I think what that passage is speaking to is the, the uh, uh, I had a word for this, it's not the absolute truth, but it's the, it's the standard, right? That the standard for almost all of human history was going to be that men are going to be born and they're going to die. But we also have the promise in Scripture that there is going to be a generation that doesn't die. Yeah. So here are the exception to that to that normal normal standard. Yeah. There's, it, yeah. And clearly, the Bible teaches uh, that the rapture is going to take place. So it's it's uh, it's both those things are taught in the Bible. Okay. Diane Williams says, "Do you think the judgments during the tribulation ultimately thwart the technology we have, and will have such as solar flares will not just burn up the trees and plants, but also have an EMP type of effect on technology. I think that's a really good question, Diane. I remember talking uh, with some friends about this several years ago. When you look at Ezekiel 38, you have a boots on the ground. You have both boots on the ground. You also have descending like a cloud. But I mean, you see some things in the last days, and it looks like there could be some technological challenges as fast as we are moving in uh, technology is going forward. I, I mean, I think, Pete, you know, you think of all of the cables that are that are run under the ocean, you know, and we've been hearing with Ukraine and Russia, hey, what if these things are cut off or blown up? You know, you start look, you start working this out, it would cause some serious balagons. I mean, you, you think about just how much of the uh, supply chain goes by ocean today and then when God cuts a third of the ocean off in the uh, second uh, trumpet judgment, I believe, now you're going to have a third of the oceans that are unsaleable uh, and everything in those oceans are going to die. My theory is that that's the Atlantic Ocean. And then you have a third of the trees and the, and the plants that are burnt up. Um, you know, a third of the trees and the plants are in the Americas, North, Central, South America, according to the Audubon Society, mm. who's done you know, all these satellite studies of, of plant life over the world. So 
if the U.S. were to go up, say, because of the Yellowstone caldera eruption or something, um, that would certainly account for a third of all that being burnt. And it would also account for potentially polluting the, the Atlantic Ocean so that this part of the world's cut off. So now you have a huge supply chain problem um, now. And then we also see that a third of the earth and the, and the, uh, the sky and the, the, the sun and the moon are darkened. Well, that, that obviously that's going to, you know, a theory, you know, we obviously are not going to know until it happens, but it seems like a third of the skies are covered or darkened because of some kind of pollution or ash or nuclear explosion or something basically darkens the, our view of the sun and the moon to the point to where uh, we can't see it. It's obscured. So I, I think there's going to be a tremendous technological challenges to the point that when you get to the end of Revelation, um, you're not going to have these big robotic drone armies, you know, that they're wanting to do and to have. Now you're, you're just going to have regular old people marching, <laughs> you know, gathering on the, the plains of, of Megiddo, you know, waiting to, to take or sack Jerusalem. Or, you know. So I don't know. I know right now that they want their goal by 2030 is to, to ramp up robotic and uh, artificially intelligent, lethal autonomous weapon systems and things like that. And they're well on their way to making that happen. And should the Lord tarry to say 2040 or 2050, and I'm not saying that he is, I'm just saying if hypothetically, if that were to be the case, you would have most of your armies would be automated or, you know, a, uh, um, robotic, um, some type of AI systems that, that don't need humans. Yeah. So I hope it's not that long because we won't be eating beef either. And uh, beef will be <laughs> definitely black market. And I can't, I can't imagine that. Pete, it was great. Thank you for taking your time out with us on a Sunday evening. I know it's getting later back there. But it was great having you join me today. And, uh, and, and uh, just really a blessing. Thank you so much. And uh, blessings on you and your family. Thanks, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Listen, I plan to be back in Micah next week and then picking up Daniel right after that. So we got a couple weeks left with Micah, then the book of Daniel for Sunday nights. Uh, I have all this week lined up. It's going to be a terrific week, including his channel this Thursday, too. So we have exciting things coming. I have a lot more to tell you but I'll tell you that next week. Okay, God bless you, everyone. Have a wonderful evening wherever you are watching in the world. In the words of J. Vernon McGee, may the Lord richly bless you, my beloved. Shalom. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.